Yeah, I guess you wanted to open with Ann Coulter Boondocks. Is Ann Coulter still alive? Mm-hmm. Oh, here we go. Last 24 hours. Thank you, Coulter. You fucking hit perfectly. Yeah, the, the fucking shooter uh, she thing. She wants the Kenosha shooter to run yeah. for president. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I mean, to be fair, I also want the Kenosha shooter to run for president. Yep, that's my president. Yeah, we, we, we talk about that. We compare it to the uh, Tumblr shit of people, like, wanting to fuck uh, Eric and Dylan. Uh, we use it to insinuate the fact that she's a pedophile because the kid is 17. And then we tie in the boondocks thing. Okay, I completely forgot about that, that entire, that entire uh, thing on Tumblr until you just brought it oh, up. Oh, yeah, what? yeah. What thing on Tumblr? They wanted to fuck the Columbine the, kids? The, 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 yes. true, the true crime community, but it's not like they're just, like, the average person who enjoys watching, uh fucking documentaries or whatever or listens to those podcasts i True think are boring podcasts. uh yeah. no offense to anyone who likes that stuff uh i uh, not for me um no, but, that but yeah, their true crime community <laughs> is like they they want to fuck the criminal uh <laughs> i was in a forensics class which was literally just like a serial killer fan club class <laughs> like i know what you mean everyone in there is just uh. like I don't know who Jack the Ripper is, but if I did, he'd I'd fucking fuck him. probably wore like <laughs> gloves and a top hat. Jack the Ripper is uh, probably a good. Leg. He probably dressed and looked like Ted Cruz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get into my horse carriage. Uh, but yeah, that there, there's the whole. I don't know if it still exists because Tumblr did the whole crackdown on like pedophiles or whatever. They were like, "Get on Twitter," but. The uh, all, yeah. yeah, Tumblr was like all pedophiles must immediately go to Twitter, and they said, <laughs> yeah. "Sir, yes, sir." <laughs> Tumblr, the uh, pedophile to Twitter pipeline. Um, oh, absolutely. But the uh, there was the big there was this big community on Tumblr of people that just posted like pictures of Columbine and talked about how hot and sexy uh, Dylan and Eric were and how they wanted to fuck the shit out of them. And then it would be like it would be that interspersed with just like pictures of gore. I'm sh I'm sure you remember that era of the internet. Oh yeah, yeah, gorgorish and all that. I watched Mexican dissidents get their heads cut off with a chainsaw <laughs> when I was fucking eleven. Yeah, <laughs> all a psyop, all posted by the government, all to desensitize us to violence. Dude, one time in high school, not even one time, like almost every day in high school, when I was in my German class, this kid would come in who was in. Uh, he, he had lunch that period, and he would just leave and come into my German class and just interrupt the class and show like me and all these other kids. Uh, live league videos and like i just remember yeah yeah <laughs> i just remember people see, uh, seeing people like getting their heads chopped off with machetes and just like sh headshotted by snipers like in a rock oh absolutely fucking ridiculous and this was like way fucking before deep fakes or even realistic video games you know everyone everything was polygons on the internet at this point <laughs> <laughs> Me and Jeb used to go to the uh, computer lab and study hall and watch like live leak videos. There's <laughs> All one the of, school uh, computers. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's this. Uh, <laughs> there's this one. There's one of. Uh, it was like a fucking like a convenience store robbery, and uh, they were holding the guy up. And then as they were running away, he took his shotgun out and just like blew one of their legs off at the knee. It was crazy. Holy shit! Oh wait, wait. Working back to that Dylan and Eric thing real quick. The funniest part about wanting to fuck them specifically is one of them was literally, like, non-verbal level autistic. Like, just could Wait, not really? speak. Yes! Are you kidding I me? Didn't These know were that. just two kids on the internet who just decided they were going to kill everyone. Like, 
Well, clearly one of them decided they were going to kill everyone and then got his, you know. Is is that true? Uh, yes. Don't look that up. <laughs> <laughs> Don't look that up. I probably just said that. No, I definitely read it somewhere. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I went on I went on Ann Coulter's Twitter to see if I could find anything funny and she retweeted James Woods who tweeted a picture of <laughs> it's a it's a black cop and it says made in America and then it's a picture of LeBron and it says made in China. <laughs> I saw that what too. The fuck? What does that mean? It means nothing, just like everything else on her Twitter it means nothing. It's just to rile people up. Her Twitter is a fucking cesspool of like Andy Andy NGO and like uh fucking Tim Pool retweets. Andy is, non-government official, am I right? Now is when we make the point that Ann Coulter is actually a double agent. Of course. You know she was in Sharknado 3? <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> That's her fucking career at this point, like... (laughs) So, Ann Coulter's filmography, she's been in three things. She's been in Sharknado 3, Oh Hell No, because, you know, those got, like, ironically popular in the late 2000s. Fucking awesome. Nice. Uh, She was on the Half Hour News Hour, which was, like, Fox News answer to Colbert or whatever back in the early 2000s. And her final credit is in Fire from the Heartland, a... (laughs) Documentary made by, like, directed by Steve Bannon. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Fire of the Heartland? Fire from the Heartland. The Awakening of the Conservative Woman is a 2010 <laughs> American documentary film written directed by Breitbart News LLC Executive Chairman <laughs> Steve Bannon and produced by David N. Bossy for Citizens United Productions. <laughs> It's, it's just, just that, imagine it's, naming your production company after Citizens United. <laughs> <laughs> like and that's the movie's so just like Ann cool. Coulter going feral in the woods or something. Yeah, absolutely. We were going to fucking review uh, Designated Survivor for you people, but I think we're going to come to this one at least. We're coming here soon. Oh, Expect yeah. us, Ann. Expect us. Listen. I don't care. I don't care. Is that is oh, old? Don't give me that baby listen shit, motherfucker. You think I'm stupid? I know you fucking that bitch, okay? I know you are. I mean, uh, uh, I, I don't play that shit. And don't play that shit. Rollo, hey, baby. Hey. Come here, give me Come some of now. that sugar, daddy. You get a little thick back there, sugar. And how you doing, Abdul? Damn, Abdul, can you let a bitch work? Shit, one of us has to. It ain't like yo ass is going to get a job. You know I had to bail this motherfucker out of jail again, right? Must be like the tenth time. So anyway, the school board pay you yet? No, no. We still waiting. They ain't broke that bread yet. But uh, any day now. Hey guys, so nice to finally meet. It's been great working with y'all. Hello? That bitch must have lost her mind. I will smack the black off her. I will snatch the weave off that bitch. That's Ann Coulter? She crazy as hell, that shit. But she good people, though. She good people. Howdy folks, welcome back to Boomer Death Squad, the number one libertarian podcast on the left. On the on the right. On the right. Yeah. 
I think if we say on the left, we are the number one libertarian podcast. No libertarian podcast claims to be on the left. That's true. Easy money, baby. Easy money. Uh, I'm Danny. I'm Joe. And I'm Matt. And this week, we have a very special article for you guys. We're starting off with something absolutely epic, uh, something very near and dear to my heart. Uh, It's titled, Self-Made Billionaires Like Warren Buffett and Elon Musk Prove If You Don't Make Time For These Six Little Things Every Day, You'll Never Be Successful. By Dustin McKisson in in CNBC? Yeah, yeah, yeah. NBC has a C in front of it. I don't know. It stands for... Yeah, what is that? Cock. Uh, cock and Stands ball. Cock and balls cuck. Stands for communist. Cock and balls cuck. Communist national balls and cock. Am I right? That's correct. That's correct. All right. Yes. So, this is a great article. I found a dead scrolling Facebook <laughs> at 5 a.m. the other day. This is what all of our, like, boomer aunts and uncles read, and this is what their worldview is based off of. <laughs> so, if you don't mind, I'll get right into reading it. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Success isn't easy, and it certainly doesn't happen overnight. But there are little things you can do every day to ensure that you achieve your professional goals. The world's most legendary leaders, from Elon Musk and Oprah Winfrey, (laughs) to CEOs at Google and Facebook, all view success as a work in progress. The key is to stay patient and committed. Here are six things you need on a daily basis if you want to be successful in life. Oprah Winfrey, legendary leader. And Elon Musk. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah, so the, the world leaders, uh, we need to guide us. The new Mount Rushmore, Oprah Winfrey, Elon Musk. <laughs> Jeff Bezos the en- and uh, The end Paul. of the episode of Boondocks with fucking Martin Luther King is instead of anything Martin Luther King wanting getting accomplished, Oprah Winfrey becomes president. <laughs> yeah but uh this is a perfect article it is like a buzzfeed style listicle it was made by a fucking reporter at nbc and that shows you the sorry state our media is in yeah the failing Um, nbc times exactly the uh lion mainstream media yeah and uh all right so uh let's get into it number one read a book that isn't directly related to your career Reading is one of the easiest ways to experience life from another perspective and develop the empathy required to be an effective leader. There's a reason why Elon Musk includes works of science fiction and biographies as some of the essentials on his reading list. I was raised by books. Books, and then my parents. Books, my parents, and apartheid. Yeah, apartheid. uh, I fucking... I love the thought of Elon Musk reading Dune and being like, ah, yes, Inter, uh, interplanetary travel and uh, the the greatest energy source. I like the idea that uh, they suggest uh, people build empathy by reading books. <laughs> Absolutely. Read a book that isn't directly related to your career. What books do you think Elon Musk is making Space Force read? Do they all have to read Dune? Yes, they all have to read Dune. Paul? Elon Musk is the Kwisatz Haderach. He is, <laughs> he, he is the result of millennia of uh, eugenics. Absolutely. Leading us to this. Yeah, but read a book that isn't directly uh, related to your career. Do that in between working 60 or 70 hours a week, getting paid for at most 40 of them. Uh, <laughs> and if you have one of these fancy lad jobs where your entire job is to post epic bacon memes on Facebook, it's probably pretty easy to read books. You probably don't know how to read books. Like, all he does is tweet, like, Marx is cancelled. Like, it, like, really fucking sucks. Like, he's the most online of these billionaires, and he's still so bad at it. Uh, Martin Luther King was actually a capitalist. Absolutely, absolutely. 
All right, uh, moving on. Number two, get sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> Thought you'd like that. Uh, developing the courage to do something outside of your comfort zone is a sign that you're leveling up. <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? What the hell does that mean? Otherwise, you won't get very far in life. Mark Zuckerberg spent years learning Mandarin. <laughs> he did a pretty good job mastering it. Fear and growth cannot exist in the same space. I had no fucking idea that Mark Zuckerberg knows how to speak Mandarin, and I found a video of him speaking Mandarin in China. I am going to play and, a clip of it right now. Now, let's introduce the founder of Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg. Oh, has he mastered it? <laughs> I love how they said mastered it. Yeah. <laughs> and everything he says is like, every year in China, we recruit the best engineers. Like, in fucking... He's speaking like Donald Trump. Like, he's got, like, a third grade reading level in Mandarin Tops. Fear and growth cannot exist in the same space. One has to leave in order for the other to flourish. Awesome. I mean, that's so helpful. At my at my minimum wage job at Chick-fil-A, fear and growth cannot fear... exist in the same space. I think for these people who own these companies, fear and growth go hand in hand. Right? <laughs> Chick-fil-A could not exist without fear. What is Chick-fil-A without fear? Like, put your hand directly into the fucking oil fryer. Who cares? It Chick doesn't matter. Chick-fil-A could not exist without Gladio. Fear, exactly. The fear of fucking starving on the street in the rain if you don't work somewhere for these bastards and make them some money. Do you know the Chick-fil-A founder's book? No. <laughs> they sell it at every Chick-fil-A. What? Uh, what? It's better to build boys than men to men. <laughs> what? <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? I don't know. It's the secret Jeffrey Epstein uh, book that his lawyers wrote. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It's uh, they're they're really just um, they're really just sort of coming out and saying it. Like we are Christians. We have sex with boys. That's the uh, that's his offshoot company is Build a Boy. That's <laughs> <laughs> where Jeff Dunham yeah. got his first puppet. Get ready. <laughs> <laughs> Get ready for our first book review, folks. Uh, we'll be yes. digging into that later, I'm sure. Yes, I'll lo I'd love that. We love it. We love it. We love it, folks. As soon as I finish uh, Atlas Shrugged. <laughs> <laughs> I saw someone Someone had a homemade uh, bumper sticker that said, uh, like, where is John Galt? Like, it was a piece of printer paper they had taped to the back of their car. And I was like, where do I know that fucking name from? And I'm not sure if it's Atlas Shrugged or one of her other fucking, like, shitty books about how cool it is to work in a factory or something. <laughs> it's, uh, no, John Galt is absolutely Atlas Shrugged. It's, it's, probably, yeah. uh, it's probably from the Turner Diaries. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ayn Rand ghost wrote the Turner Diaries. <laughs> absolutely. Timothy and McVeigh actually had a tattoo of Ayn Rand on his yeah. back. The only mistake the Soviets ever made was giving her an education. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on. Number three, exercise. Woo! In his five-year study of rich people... <laughs> <laughs> Ignore me! <laughs> literally, literally. 
author Tom Corley found that exercising was something they all had in common. <laughs> Those who have forged the habit of exercising aerobically have tremendous competitive advantages over those who don't. He wrote in a, his blog. <laughs> those advantages include a higher <laughs> IQ, willpower, confidence, and up to 20% more energy. <laughs> Woo. So, I love that. If you so exercise, it, you have a higher IQ. It, it gives you, like, the basic fact that most people know that if you exercise, you'll have more energy and, uh, you know, more willpower, builds endurance, whatever. But then, like, it will also boost your IQ. IQ is real, <laughs> and yours will be better if you do enough squats. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Five-year study of rich people found that they all exercised. It's like, yeah, they all have free time. They're the only exactly. people in America who can dedicate time and effort to that. Yeah, they, they, they have to exercise because otherwise they'd live a sedentary <laughs> lifestyle of just collecting money passively. They got into the eugenics super fast in this article, like, so quick. It's like, oh, right away, right away. It's just awesome. If you're rich, you automatically have a higher IQ. Absolutely. It's like uh, Steve Jobs' decision to douche with naked smoothies instead of getting his cancer fix is reflective of the genius it took to fucking bundle software and destroy operating systems and the internet as it could have been to make the internet like it is now where we have to read fucking listicles by people who work at cnbc i now just i just now have a an image of steve jobs you know spread eagle with one of those like those uh old-timey like fire starter things just filled to the brim with naked juice sh shoving it up his asshole that's precisely the image i'm trying to embark but he's still in. wearing the turtleneck <laughs> Oh yes, he is, and his blood boy is nearby. Yeah, it's like the fucking, it's the freak from uh that runs Twitter that like walks to work every day for fun, not because he can't like afford transportation. Who Jack and, uh, or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He like he like lives like uh he's extremely poor essentially in a way because he only eats one meal a day and walks to work, but it's all for uh recreation and lifestyle, not because he can't afford food or transportation. And then his exercising is, like, fucking, like, rubbing salt all over himself and going in a sauna or some <laughs> shit. Well, so that's I'm actually a that's actually a get-rich-quick uh, scheme. If you just, if you privileged liberals would just eat once a day instead of three times. They're all remarkably stupid because they just buy into these, like, shitty, like, not that all, uh, like, non-Western medicine doesn't work or something, I'm not saying that, but they buy into these, like, crazy batshit things that some grifter comes up with. It's and this, they rope the richest, dumbest people into it. It's this ambient knowledge that what they've done is wrong, and they should not have this much wealth for what they've done, and, you know, that they really don't deserve the life that they've led. But they can't so, directly approach that. So their solution is to just douche with juice and, like... <laughs> and, and buy a juicero. Hire a spiritual advisor for a tech company that's entire job is just to make an app to <laughs> delete your health care. Insurance. They live as like uncomfortably as possible while having the resources to live as comfortably as possible. As if that saves their soul in some way. <laughs> as if when, that uh, justifies it. When Gavin in Silicon Valley goes to like wherever he goes, India. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes to Nepal and he makes T.J. Miller just smoke opium <laughs> forever because everyone kicked him <laughs> off the show. It's a great way to get right off a character. Just make them uh, die in an opium den. Yeah, that's how I intend to write myself off. 
Alright, uh, so that's exercise. It makes your IQ better. It gives you 20% more enemy. Or enemy. <laughs> more energies. Makes your enemas 20% more effective. <laughs> okay, this is a pretty great one. Uh, moving on, number four. Give back. <laughs> the myth that the lone hero succeeded because they managed to pull themselves up by the bootstraps is just that. A myth. That's true. Which is... That's is it that interesting in this article so far truly successful people understand the importance of giving back especially to those in need Yeah, that's so it doesn't explain how they got so successful Just just that they didn't pull themselves up by the bootstraps I I don't so they started off with a you know an objective truth and then they go on and be like uh, the reason that there are any successful people in the first place is because rich people give them charity. It's amazing, isn't it? The middle class exists only by their good graces. And it's basically true. As soon as they decide it no longer exists, it won't exist. Yeah. In 2010, Bill and, Bill and Melinda Gates and Warren Buffett started the Giving Pledge, a commitment by wealthy individuals and families to give away more than half of their fortune to causes like poverty alleviation and global health. Isn't the giving pledge they give away their money once they're dead? By the time they dead, more they're dead, more than half their fortune will be quote unquote given away. But yeah, okay. Quite. We're gonna do a deeper dive episode on this later because I keep reading about it and it keeps making me angrier and fucking angrier. <laughs> but the Gates <laughs> Foundation is an absolute vehicle for evil in this world, and to say they are donating their fortune to global health when what they're doing is going into third world countries and making vaccines that we illegalized in the United States because they hurt people uh, <clears throat> mandatory. Yeah, the the, the Gates half of the Gates Foundation. Um, goals are just to go into africa and eliminate reproduction oh yeah yeah that's the other it's thing it's insane absolutely yeah, so you, you you can effectively uh launder your public image to uh like stupid people in america on the tv while uh just like sterilizing people and just like playing uh playing whatever eugenics games you want yeah exactly with a eugenics program that would make fucking himmler blush like exactly like the, the entire continent he couldn't Hitler could have never dreamed of that. Whatever. Moving on. We'll be back for you, Gates. <laughs> uh, take a moment to remember your competition. <laughs> Michael Jordan once said, I play to win. <laughs> Whether during practice or a real game. And I will not let anything get in the way of me and my competitive enthusiasm to win. Fa this is how I win. Uh... <laughs> Failing to forgive and holding grudges can weigh you down, but acknowledging your competition and doubters, aka the haters, can be a powerful <laughs> form of motivation. Love hey, the haters. haters! Haters are my motivators. Absolutely. It's a fucking like 2012 like Spencer's T-shirt. Yeah, exactly. We're we're coming back to the Tumblr thing. Oh, absolutely. It's just to apply things like this, like you know, you miss every shot you don't take when you're trying to eliminate privacy in the united states forever because people decided they don't want it anymore like it's yeah. awful no i love that this one they're like take a moment to remember your competition michael jordan once said it's like what the fuck are you <laughs> just like an insanely talented athlete like em emulate his like work process or something what the fuck does this mean yeah, take a moment to remember your competition, like Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos do when they hold meetings with smaller tech companies and say that they want to uh, buy them out. So they have them present their <laughs> thing to them, and then they just make their own. 
and send <laughs> put people out of business. Classic. Exactly. Got to remember your competition to uh, continue to corner the market on nothing. It's the whitest kids you know sketch where they're having the fucking sniper duel in between the two. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Whatever fucking fake financial thing people do to make money uh they're like <laughs> fighting between two skyscrapers uh, arguing about a merger on the phone <laughs> uh number six get outside and think mark zuckerberg and richard branson and the ceos of google and linkedin also love holding their meetings on foot because it helps with brainstorming new concepts. <laughs> it's just the West Wing. It's just an Aaron Sorkin show. Exactly. It's walk and talk, but they're all on fucking segways. It's fucking disgusting. <laughs> Richard Branson is like a one-man Operation Condor. He controls all of the telecommunications <laughs> in the fucking South American continent. You, like, can't make this I don't, shit up. Richard Branson sounds like uh, like an MK Ultra serial killer from the 70s. Have you seen the picture of him? He's the uh, he's what every billionaire should actually look like. <laughs> no, I don't know. I'm sending. He fucking. Uh, I'm he has an island. Chat. He owns an yeah, island. He owns the one we next know, to fucking Saint James. Ri- <laughs> he owns the neighboring <laughs> island. Like. Oh my god! So on uh, on MTV Cribs, which I watched in my youth, uh, they go to his island, and he's showing how he has like a, a shower outside that's just like facing the open air, and he can just shower naked outside. But thinking about it now, it's like it's facing Jeffrey Epstein's island. He doesn't have to worry about Jeffrey looking at him. <laughs> Jeffrey didn't care. Absolutely. This guy fucking loved the Grateful Dead. Is it right? He looks like a fucking. <laughs> this could be a Jeff Bridges character. Like, if Jeff Bridges ever does an Adrenochrome movie, he should play Branson. <laughs> Woo! Jeff Bridges as Secretary of State. Richard Brans- Richard Branson uh, could uh, uh, allegedly, I'll say, be the uh, be another Epstein. He's got a plane. He's got an island. Well, that's the thing. It's he's not got the money. It's not another Epstein. It's that they're all Jeffrey Epstein. Every single fucking that's one true. of them. Jeffrey Epstein was just the coordinator for the other Jeffrey Epsteins. Exactly, exactly. QAnon has two primary conceits. That fucking we are ruled by a cabal of evil pedophiles and that Donald Trump wants to stop them. They're only half <laughs> wrong. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's mouth is so big, he could fit an entire child in it. Oh, absolutely. He does regularly. Like, let, right down to his hair color, like that fucking awful off-blonde <laughs> brown. He looks like he's missing adrenochrome, and as soon as he has some, he'll get, like, Vegeta hair. Yeah. <laughs> Classic Eminem. Will the real slim pedophile please stand up? I tried listening to Eminem today, and I, I couldn't do it. Yeah, you guys keep talking about Eminem. That shit, I am. Uh, my God. <laughs> White America! <laughs> show we're gonna do a little article on Shahid Buttar if you haven't heard of him he is running for Nancy Pelosi's seat 
in uh, San Francisco. He's behind by uh, 40 points or something, so there's no real chance <laughs> yeah, he's going to win anyway. I was going to say, the last time I checked, he was, uh, like, nowhere near The even. last percentage I saw was 30 him, 70 Pelosi, and that's generous. But uh, the premise of Shahid is he is running the sort of campaign that tricks me into donating to him. He's running for <laughs> Medicare for All. He's running for the Green New Deal. He is running for, you know, all the Bernie positions that uh, we desperately need in the House and apparently is going to take us at this rate 500 years to get. Uh, yeah. I donated to him. Matt, didn't you give him some money too? believe I did, yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And naturally, I didn't look into him at all. Uh, shout out to Yasha Levine, uh, probably one of the greatest journalists of our time. Wrote up a wonderful, wonderful little description. Shahid Buttar, the cheesy Silicon Valley astroturfer challenging Nancy Pelosi from the left. There are, uh, there's uh, scare quotes around the left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta say, he is still to the left of Nancy Pelosi, because that's not that hard to be. Donald Trump yes. is basically to the left of Nancy <laughs> Pelosi. But Yeah. It's in his uh, newsletter. Nothing like Substack. a substack, baby. Nothing like a substack. So, uh, it starts out, Turns out that the guy running to unseat Nancy Pelosi from the left is a corporate Silicon Valley astroturfer from the Electric Frontier Foundation. His name is Shahid Batar. So, uh, it starts out with a screenshot from an article uh, in this this thing, Electric Frontier Foundation. It's titled, uh, Meet Shahid Batar, Helping EFF Fight for Digital Rights in Your Hometown. Uh, Shahid is a constitutional lawyer focused on the intersection of community organizing and poli uh, policy reform as a lever to shift legal norms. He comes to EFF with deep roots in communities across the, county, uh, across the country, organizing in various ways to combat mass surveillance. Uh, so, yeah, I mean... You can't really uh, make th make this shit up. I mean, they're talking about the intersection of community organizing. <laughs> oh, absolutely. It's amazing. You should probably explain what the EFF is first. Right, yeah. So, Yasha goes on to explain what EFF is. EFF is America's oldest and most influential internet business lobby, an organization that has played a pivotal role in, sh in shaping the internet as it exists today. That privatized telecommunications system that's owned by giant monopolies, powered by for-profit surveillance and influence ops, dominated by spies and lacking any democratic oversight? Yep, that's the one. EFF is directly responsible for bringing it into being, and for making sure it stays privatized, shitty, and oligarchic. Basically, it is an astroturfed lobbying institution run by Silicon Valley, on paper, it fights for the rights of internet users, but it's not interested in user rights at all. It fights for the rights of large internet companies. Yeah, it's ba it's bankrolled by Silicon Valley. And I guess there's two ends of it. There's the end of it that works, I guess, speaks with the government officials, the lobbying, and then there's Shahid's end of it, which is to shape the public perception and get them yeah. backing it, thinking yeah, exactly. that it's something that favors them. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Shahid's job is the literal astroturfing part. He is the grassroots organizer, so his entire job is to make this seem like a, a progressive thing fighting for your rights and not people complaining that Apple's not receiving enough tax cuts. Yeah, he is, that's, his, that's his title, too. He's the director of grassroots advocacy. That's amazing. It's taken millions from Google and Facebook uh, and Palantir, <laughs> the privatized spy data platform, uh, it's also been backed by Pierre Omidyar. The fuck? Anyway, the rapacious libertarian tech oligarch who owns the Intercept, which is 
If you listened to our last episode, we did an article about how bad the NSA is in the Intercept. Yeah, we can, well, we can go on and on about what the Intercept actually is, but the reality of fucking media in this country is you cannot run a media company unless you are the New York Times or you are some fucking billionaire's pet project. Yeah. Yeah, any, any media company with any level of sway is going to be run by some, like, rat fuck billionaire who believes horrible things and wants you either enslaved or dead. But uh, sometimes, in order to, uh, you know what I mean, everyone, everything's about marketing, everyone has their audience. So they might, uh, they might be getting some articles in there, having some good journalists, giving you information you want, but you need to still be able to see through, like, who is at the top. Yeah, exactly. So, trust no one. <laughs> yes, trust no one, because the EFF has done an amazing job convincing us that it's one of the good guys on the internet, that it's grassroots and on the side of the people. In reality, EFF has always been on the side of the corporations, fighting against democratic control of Silicon Valley, from making sure ISPs could grow into giant monopolies to blowing up the first and only attempt to regulate Google's surveillance business model back in 2004. So you might be wondering, like, where did this thing come from why does it exist and it's the origins of it are uh, described in a another article by yasha levine in short two millionaires software mogul mitch kapoor and get this grateful dead songwriter john perry barlow founded it in the (laughs) 90s right after barlow wrote the declaration of independence of cyberspace (laughs) here wait a second wait a second uh the Golden Road to Unlimited Tax Credits. <laughs> oh. Boom! <laughs> Woo-hoo. That was a good one, man. Respect. That was a good one. Respect-o. We might have to end with that song. Good. Which, it's basically just a screed about the evils of big government control of the internet, which, you know, that you can... That can go in either direction. Yeah, that's not good. Like, government control over the internet isn't good, it's just that... Big corporation control over the internet when backed by the government is the same thing. Yes, exactly. Yeah, they're working the real, hand in hand. The real problem is capitalist control of the internet. Precisely. Make it a public utility. Ex- exactly. It, it should be democratized. But it immediately received funding from some of the most influential people in the tech industry and Silicon Valley, including Steve Wozniak, the inventors of VR, and associates of Steve Jobs. Now, in Kapoor's own words, EFF was founded to, quote, find a way of preserving the ideology of the 60s. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> they don't I mean free love and acid. Well, no, and I honestly, I think it has done that pretty successfully, considering the uh, accumulation of the fucking hippie movement. Absolutely. The ideology of the 60s means the business ideology of the 60s, which was undoing any trust breaking that we had done in the uh, decades beforehand and allowing these monopolies to exist. Yes. And, you know, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of looking back on the uh, quote, you know, square quotes here, radical 60s, it, uh, you know, looking back in rose tinted glasses, what it really was, the most radical politics of the 60s were just anarcho-capitalists oh absolutely all the good radical politics not politicians but all the good people with radical politics of the 60s were either like killed or like lives destroyed by some cointel pro related operation or just in jail forever exactly or bernie sanders i think bernie sanders has that thing that uh 
Burns does from The Simpsons, where he has every physical ailment imaginable, so they all just like <laughs> keep him alive. They're all counteracting one another. <laughs> they hit him with the right. Chavez cancer gun every day and just nothing. So, uh, Yasha goes on. In short, EFF is a corporate lobbyist. Always has been. Which brings us to Shahid Batar, the guy running as a left-wing alternative to Nancy Pelosi, the they-live congresswoman from San Francisco. He's been working for EFF since 2015, and not just in any capacity, but as, uh, as we said, director of grassroots advocacy. So he, he describes what uh, director of grassroots advocacy means. He says, if you translate that from lobbyist jargon, it means his job has been to take the outfit's pro-corporate campaigns and dress them up as grassroots for the people, by the people movements. His job has been to trick people, to astroturf, which is what he did in 2016 when he ran a ridiculous campaign that convinced people to protest in front of Apple stores around the country in defense of Apple, protesting the FBI's request for a backdoor to Apple. Do you remember that backdoor to Apple <laughs> bullshit? I do. It was after the San Bernardino thing, right? Yeah, yeah. It was so incredible because people were acting like the FBI doesn't own Apple. No, like, no, no, no. no. That's, all that was the whole office. point of that. The whole point of that was to make people think that there isn't already a backdoor to Apple. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and, and that these private companies have you, uh, the average citizens, back and aren't going to bow to that nasty, nasty government who wants your information. Yeah, exactly. They don't, they don't want to just give them a backdoor. They want to keep it how it is. They sell the information to the government. Yeah, exactly. Like we were talking about for the NSA episode there are internet hubs in this country where 95 percent of the internet on earth goes through like it's just like they don't need a physical backdoor they control all of the data <laughs> but uh that didn't stop shaheed from getting the awesome job to make people uh stand around and defend apple what the fuck oh my god <laughs> it's really fucked up he was getting people to self-immolate for apple there were like seven self-immolations hunger strikes people are burning apple. themselves to death in front of the apple store <laughs> like <laughs> it's tibet freedom yeah seven of them rage against the machine uh, are gonna make a new album and it's gonna be some fucking neckbeard burning themselves in front of the apple store <laughs> in defense of apple there is some joke to be made about the the picture of the uh, South Vietnamese police commissioner executing the uh, North Vietnamese communist, but I cannot. I saw find that picture it. today. Uh, no, the the joke there is that Dave Navarro. This is going back to MTV Cribs. Uh, Dave Navarro from Jane's Addiction has a gigantic mural of that on his wall, and he's like, "Yeah, this is like a, a famous uh, picture, and it just reminds me, you know, you could just die any day, man. So you gotta live life to the fullest." How have you ever seen MTV? Dude, it's, it's MTV Cribs. Insane. It's like reruns. All the shit came on like twenty years ago. Yeah, it's like reruns. Oh, wait, wait, wait. The meme we could make with that picture is you change both of their heads to Shahid Batar. <laughs> Shahid Batar executing Shahid Batar. <laughs> Uh, no, but right. you you have to you have to do like pre man bun run Shahid, uh, <laughs> yeah. shooting man bun Shahid. Like his past is uh, coming back to bite him. His old haircut was just like, uh, it was like he got a shape up once and then didn't cut his hair for two years. So it continues. According to recent reporting, Shahid hasn't quit EFF. He's simply taken a break to run his campaign. Technically, he's still a lobbyist. A lobbyist on leave. I like the idea of being a lobbyist on leave. 
like being a uh, like a cop on leave, like he just executed a congressman. <laughs> <laughs> they make him take an unpaid leave for three weeks. Lobbyist on leave is going to be on the new Rage Against the Machine album with the uh, neckbeard burning themselves. Shahid's been treated like a savior by what seems like the entire progressive and left-wing journalism and podcast circuit. One good example. The Intercept's Lee Fang wrote a ridiculous puff piece on Shahid. Lee called him a genuine left-wing challenge to Nancy Pelosi, yet omitted any critical discussion or inspection of his ties to EFF. Which, that is true. I mean, if if you go on Twitter, it's, it's you know, all the... Now, I'm not trying to say that these people uh, exactly share my politics, but all the people that we follow from the primaries when everyone was so gung-ho from for Bernie is, like, super excited about Shahid Batar. Dude, that sucked, because we followed so many people who were gung-ho for Bernie, and then they all, like, divided up, and then you found out they most of them are terrible after the fact. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the only good thing they believed is Bernie. They were all calling him a traitor. Yeah, exactly. They're all fucking rose emoji pedophiles. It's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> but... Yeah. Anyway. Uh, I'm gonna give Lee a couple points, though, because he is the one that, uh broke the Alex Morse story where it's just like, yeah, those two fucking ridiculous teenagers were trying to fucking frame him. wannabe veep characters. Yeah, yeah, these wannabe veep characters were trying to frame him <laughs> uh, to prove that he had sex to disqualify him. And I agree, congressmen should so not be stupid. allowed to fuck. That it would make sense. These, <laughs> these, these kids don't fuck. No. So no one else is allowed to fuck. They're only focused on their career. So the fact that this guy... Uh, was, like, having the most benign conversations ever with, like, other adults. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not allowed. N- nope, can't do it. I think they point out a pretty important thing here, though, in that Lee's uh, not mentioning the EFF ties is a little bit suspect, considering the uh, guy who owns the Intercept has backed the EFF and received benefits from the org's lobbying. Yeah, yeah. Financially backed the EFF, too, so... Shahid Batar would have been fucking torturing Lee Fang in a shipping container <laughs> if he said anything about uh, the EFF in that article. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's our real take. Shahid uh, Shahid is a uh, NSA CIA agent. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, Shahid Batar killed every, Fred Hampton. <laughs> every every lobbyist has uh, tortured someone at a black site before. Absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, it talks about that genuine uh, conflict of interest in uh, the intercepts major endorsement of Shahid. But how left-wing is Shahid? Listening to his interviews, he touts his Stanford law degree and constantly talks about the rule of law and defending the Constitution. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. That's that's the, what we like to do in the left. Yeah. Talk about rule of law. These things we hold sacred. This is how he described his politics to Michael Brooks. Okay, f- before we get into this, I just want to say official pod stance on Michael Brooks. Rest in fucking peace, man. Yeah, pr- rest in peace, Michael Brooks. F's and Jets like from I Mikey. To say that. Yeah. So this is how I described his politics. Freedom and liberty are not abstract concepts to me. As you know, my view towards the First Amendment reflects this. I would say deep-seated patriotism. <laughs> yeah, yeah, his view towards the First Amendment. You can say whatever you want, but I'm sure we're going to get sued as soon as this podcast gets posted. <laughs> by the EFF. But but yeah, so I mean like as as far as his official campaign platform goes, he hits all the current Bernie Krat DSA jargon and when you look at the part of his platform that impacts Silicon Valley, that's where things really start to get interesting. And where his corporate attorney lobbyist side starts to shine through. 
Silicon Valley has always seen even the tiniest regulation of its private for-profit surveillance, aka data collection, as a major threat. Right now, there are no limits on the kind of information that big tech collects, nor are there any checks on how companies can put that information to use, which we did talk about in the last episode a little bit. Yeah, dude, wait, when fucking Blackstone bought Ancestry.com and now they own, like, a third (laughs) of the DNA of the United States. I mean, come the fuck on! Really fucking cool. I, like, I tell people about that shit, like, you know, don't send your DNA to the internet to find out your fucking grandmother was indeed (laughs) from England or something. It's definitely a random (laughs) Uh, number generator. they're like, yes. no, 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 they wouldn't do that. It's a random it's number literally... generator. They just send you something, they're like, yeah, you're 2% Swedish, and then well, they fucking... there's that, but not only is it, like, neo-eugenics, it's literally a pseudoscience. It's not possible to determine that shit through DNA. I'm just gonna keep submitting until I get 100% Croatian. You probably can, <laughs> you just gotta keep rolling. It's 100 bucks a submission, <laughs> that's where they get you. So, big tech collects your data, and they want to keep it that way. Which makes sense. For many internet giants, surveillance is a major part of their business model. It's the base on which their corporate and economic power rests. Correct, because we overvalue data and advertising, something we've mentioned, but once again, we'll talk more about in detail later. For years, Silicon Valley has successfully fought off every attempt to regulate its for-profit surveillance practices, and EFF has been on the front lines of this war. (laughs) EFF has been on the front lines of this war. Like, every, <laughs> well, no I one mean... in Congress knows what a fucking... No one in Congress could create an email account by themselves, except maybe <laughs> Cortez. Like, literally. <laughs> remember, that, remember that hearing they had with Apple? Oh my god, that was fucking depressing. That was <laughs> the was saddest thing I've ever seen. It was Apple, it was Google. They had all the <laughs> biggest enemies of... Uh, actual enemies of freedom and democracy in our fucking culture <laughs> sitting in front of Congress and then they ask them uh, why sometimes Donald Trump gets bad ads. <laughs> yeah, or like, <laughs> one of them was like, why does my uh, why does my grandson Google these things about me? <laughs> yeah, the guy was like, well, which phone does he use? And he was like, well, it could be an Apple or an Android. I don't know. And it's just like, eh. You don't know anything, dude. <laughs> Poor, it was really funny. Poor bastards. Uh, us. We're the poor bastards. They're rich and killing us. But So it uh, goes on. EFF has worked overtime to shift people's attention away from corporate surveillance by focusing on the big bad government. In one legislative and PR battle after another, EFF has zeroed in on government surveillance and espionage to the exclusion of everything else putting all of its considerable energies and reputational currency into, redir- into redirecting people's concerns to an area of conflict that poses no real threat to Silicon Valley's core business interests. So, uh, that's, that's a lot of words. It breaks down to basically the uh, entire game plan of the Republican and Democratic parties. They just, you know, they, they, give, they throw the red meat of, uh, you know, ID politics, and then they bipartisan uh, vote on austerity, you know? It's the same oh, a- thing. Absolutely, but it's really it's really interesting the way that they lay it out here, where it's all about focusing on government surveillance to the exclusion of everything else. Like, ignoring Facebook data collection, ignoring the fucking Ancestry.com sale, because people are just as angry when they hear the NSA is spying on them, and it doesn't mean anything to Google or Facebook if the fucking NSA can no longer record information. In fact, yeah. it's better. Now they have to buy it all from Google and Facebook. Exactly. Well, what 
what last episode proved is that these companies are the ones recording the information for them and to a degree doing some of the, uh, I think the phrase was sifting through and kind of finding what might be suspicious and then handing that over to the NSA. So these companies are just going to keep doing it themselves regardless. And that's exactly what he says. Want to limit NSA surveillance powers? Sure, Google and Facebook and Amazon and Apple don't care. They're on board. They'll even throw in some cash. Just don't touch the prerogative of our tech overlords to spy on and manipulate us in in whatever way they please. Yeah, the NSA is almost a front for these companies doing spying. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, In his interviews, he has to put the government at the center of what's wrong with Silicon Valley. To him, the U.S. national security state is the main problem because it has, quote, co-opted large tech firms and turned good platforms into bad surveillance machines. Government bad, Mm -hmm. corporations good. Get rid of government and the market will calibrate Silicon Valley back to to maximum levels of liberty for all. Abolish privacy and then little amounts of privacy will trickle down from the top. No, exactly. Maybe I'm doing a little bit of uh, reaching here, but... Could it maybe be that he's trying to co-opt, you know, left language into just libertarian values? Because at the end of the day, his whole thing is big government bad. Yeah, that's the whole point of the EFF. Like, its explicit mission is government's bad. Uh, These tech corporations can completely regulate for themselves, and any involvement on the side of government will do nothing but... uh add red tape it's very libertarian because it's like the government will go away and just private industry will take up all of its functions uh the postal service will be taken over by amazon or uh fedex uh you know the roads will get paved by a private company the spying will be done by private companies like the evil will never go away it's just who do you want doing it he says nothing about regulating or changing silicon valley in a way that makes it more democratic or accountable to the public Instead, he focuses exclusively on limiting government surveillance. The only thing he does say about a concrete law that regulates the private internet is to praise and seek the full restoration of Section 230 of the Communication Decency Act, uh, which is basically a law that gives Silicon Valley corporations immunity from a plethora of legal liability. It's fucking qualified immunity, but for Facebook. (laughs) That's what he believes in. Not surprisingly, EFF has been one of the main players fighting to preserve the deregulatory power of Section 230. In fact, it's one of the organization's biggest causes. It'd be cool if he went to a Black Lives Matter protest and was just like adding, and qualified immunity, deregulate Section 230, like just adding it. The most depressing thing about Shahid is that he's probably like most people who work for EFF and adjacent digital lobbying groups. So thoroughly propagandized by Silicon Valley's corporate ideology that he doesn't even see it as lobbying. To him, it probably seems like good politics, which is absolutely true. Absolutely. It's depressing. It's sad. It's also how, like, normal people uh, form their politics. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone's a product of their environment. And that, in and of itself, is a product of, you know, the, the Bush era sort of the government cannot be seen as doing anything good or else people will then want more government interference and more government regulation. So if the government is ever to interfere with anything, it has to do a horrible job so people think it's bad. Absolutely. The primary issue with Shahid fundamentally is that everyone is a product of their environment and his fucking environment was Stanford. Yes, exactly. One of the evilest places on earth. Like, how could you not? Like... He's Pete Buttigieg with melanin and a uh, man bun. That's true, that's true, and I... Ugh, ugh, God. So, uh, last paragraph here. 
he says, that's how all-encompassing the industry's influence on our culture has been, which is absolutely true. It's so pervasive that most people don't notice it's there. And that helps explain why a tech lobbyist like him has been able to so easily slip into our left-wing media and political world without raising any alarms. All that Shahid had to do was to say he supported Bernie and Medicare for All, and everyone immediately cheered him on. And I mean everyone. He's been endorsed by Susan Sarandon, Cornell West, local Bay Area chapters of the DSA, and all sorts of associated Bernie movement institutions. I mean... If we're being, like, totally, completely fair, what's their alternative? Nancy? Yeah, yeah that, no, that's, that's true. That, that's, like, our shitty position is that, uh, this guy is still better than Nancy yes, Pelosi. but it's exactly. lesser evilism. And it's actually no different than the current fucking presidential election e at that Exactly, point. exactly. And that's why it's indicative of the entire current DSA left-wing American left movement you know it's what like the, yeah it's all running on rhetoric right now no one really looks up anything and it's such a big movement you can't really expect everyone to so there are these uh these associated movements that we give power to there is uh what was what's bernie's lobby called my Revo our revolution or something yeah, yeah. Our, our revolution you should have called it my revolution but uh, <laughs> my revolution sunrise etc so then the entire impetus for who is good is on these people. And mm -hmm. it's very... They're so easy to corrupt. They're so easy to dissuade. It's so easy to just literally not mention what this is. No one knows what the fuck the EFF is, and it's been one of the nope. driving forces in our political landscape for the last fucking 20 years. And even beyond the, our political landscape, just everyday life. I mean, it, technology has played such an insanely increased role every year it's it's more and more implemented into everyday life it's an essential part at this point oh absolutely yeah so the article ends with a link to uh shahid doing like a jill scott heron style bongo rap about how evil the nsa is from 2013 the nsa breaks the law every day doesn't matter who you are or what you say they monitor your phone calls and emails anyway corrupt congress and courts paving the way uh, it is really fucking funny philosophize <laughs> in your eyes telling lies <laughs> here's a lesson they want you to learn someday watch what you say they spy on your mind record your calls for posterity commit daily executive crimes with impunity they're the authorities here to keep us safe until inevitably the boot ends up on your face. It's the NSA versus the Constitution. We the people are the ones our agencies are abusing. We can force any agency to make a new choice when we build a movement by each raising our voice. Vote for Google. The Bureau threatens democracy. I'm not joking. Our rights are in the scope. We are all on the rope. Poke it. Three letters. NGI. It stands for the next generation for the FBI. Deporting immigrants and mass with ICE while we citizens pay an equal price. Less demand for housing, less tax revenue, crops rotting on the vine. What else do we do? We'll take the local cops arrest data, give it to the feds, but take a look at what the FBI itself said. If we start with immigrants, that'll give the plan cred. It already led well beyond mass deportation. Instead, the Bureau has a file, a price, on your head. Uh, you fucking asshole, send me my $10 back. <laughs> uh, my conscience is completely clear knowing I never sent any money to Shahid Batar. In fact, I sent money to Ilan Omar. Let's go. <laughs> the only, the only pure one still. Yeah. <laughs>
Her and uh, her and Rashida Taleb, the only good ones. <laughs> the only good ones. You know who we're talking about when we say ones. We heard your complaints, oh, folks, and the podcast is getting oh, more racist fuck. by the moment. You know, you know, Joey, I meant Congress person. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's close with the fourteen words, Matt. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, we, we wanted to do something a little bit serious, maybe uh, expand a little bit on what we did last week, but now we're going to expand on what we did a couple weeks ago, uh, the Jerry Falwell stuff. He had, to, he had to step down because he posted the picture, yada, yada, yada. Now, this tummy out. Yeah, so this tummy out. Now, the other day, the classic... Uh, 2018 story about the pool boy and is he a cuck? Blah 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 blah. The pool boy has come out and said on the record, I cucked Jerry Falwell. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I like that it's in Reuters too, right? I like how they introduce the pool boy as a business partner of Jerry Falwell Jr. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, yeah, the business of fucking his wife, I guess. <laughs> And business is booming, baby. So, yeah, this one's called Business Partner of Falwell's Says Affair with Evangelical Power Couple Spans Seven Years by <laughs> by Aram Roasted in Reuters. Reuters? Whatever. Reuters. So Reuters, Reuters, Reuters was doing uh, some good reporting in the Iraq War, uh, talking about American atrocities, and now they're talking about the atrocity of me not getting to cuck Jerry Falwell. <laughs> so it starts out. In a claim likely to intensify the controversy surrounding one of the most influential figures in the American Christian conservative movement, a business partner of Jerry Falwell Jr. has come forward to say he had a years-long sexual relationship involving Falwell's wife and the evangelical leader. (laughs) Okay. Giancarlo Granda said he was 20... 20 when he met Jerry and Becky Falwell while working as a pool attendant at the uh, Miami Beach Hotel in March 2012. Starting that month and continuing into 2018, Granda told Reuters that the relationship involved him having sex with Becky Falwell while Jerry Falwell looked on. <laughs> 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 Which I Becky with was an eye. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, Becky with an eye. Very similar to Trey, but I just when when they talk about Jerry Falwell looking on <laughs> To this kid having sex with his wife. I just have this image of, like, the door is, like, slightly cracked open. And Jerry's, like, standing there looking through with, like, one eye. Just, like, you know, breathing super heavy. Like, sweating. Yeah, he's hi- he's hiding he's in got the a wardrobe. Like a, like a little kid <laughs> peeping. So I think that in the closet he keeps a crucifix with leather straps. And he just... <laughs> Yeah, you, you get the idea. He just he flogs himself. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not only does he fuck his wife, but he also has to whip Jerry Falwell while he watches. <laughs> Woo! He's, he's great at multitasking. <laughs> That's why he's a business partner. He saw that absolutely. he could both flog him and fuck his wife, and he was like, you have, you have a future in owning a fucking hostel? That what they bought him? Uh, yes, it is. It, I think it is a hostel. <laughs> so, uh, Granda showed Reuters emails, text messages, and other evidence that he says demonstrate the sexual nature of his relationship with the couple. He says, quote, Becky and I developed an intimate relationship and, and, <laughs> and Jerry enjoyed watching from the corner of the room. <laughs> <laughs> He's sitting on a three-legged stool. <laughs> 
I just imagine him standing straight up in the corner, and it's like, you know, just dead dark. Eyed. He's dressed as Captain America. <laughs> I like to think that he's wearing a Pope oh hat. My God. <laughs> he is the Protestant Pope, right? Like, this is what Protestantism's all about, baby. <laughs> no, without a doubt. Uh, money and cucking. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, November 29th, he described the liaisons as frequent. Multiple times per year, and said the encounters took place at took place at hotels in Miami, New York, and the and at the Falwells' home in Virginia. <laughs> a lawyer for Jerry Falwell, Michael Bow, said the evangelical leader categorically denies everything you indicated you intend to publish about him. <laughs> so, so Falwell's uh, Falwell's defense uh, on this is that Becky was cheating on him, and. Uh, that's that's it. Just that she was cheating on him and he's upset about it. But there's there's nothing. There, it's not like there's any turmoil in their relationship. I like it's just that, acknowledged. Uh, I like that it says uh, it happened at their home because you know their kids thought something was up because they're like you don't <laughs> let any of the other. They probably called them servants or something. But it's like you don't let any of the other servants in the house. Why does the pool boy get to come inside? And they're like, go back to Bible study, fucking... <laughs> a quick Google told me that Michael Bowe used to be one of Trump's lawyers. <laughs> so his primary job is not getting paid and lying about cuckings. <laughs> Which is a cool career to, like, go to an Ivy League law school for years and, like, crawl your way up that terrible, awful ladder and then your entire job is to just be like, no, no, Jerry Falwell did not fuck this boy. <laughs> So, as Reuters was preparing to publish this article, Jerry Falwell issued a statement to the Washington Examiner in which he uh, said that his wife had an affair with Granda and that Granda had been trying to extort money from the couple over the matter. It's uh, literally righteous gemstones. Absolutely. Yes, but he doesn't need to extort money because Jerry Falwell handed him millions of dollars in, in this business. Yeah, they called him his business partner and bought him a fucking hostel. <laughs> because he wanted to go into business with him. I always thought the idea of uh, of like cucking a rich guy and ruining some marriage was uh, funny enough, but cucking <laughs> some rich guy and having him pay you to do it is like <laughs> so much better. Yeah, our new Ooh. gig economy. The only way you can have a job is to cuck rich people. I'm gonna make an app for it. I think. Yeah, they make they make an app so you can make appointments to cuck rich people. Yeah, you can fuck Roger phone. Stone's <laughs> wife. <laughs> have you guys ever seen that ad that he put out roger stone yes yes you need to he fuck my wife's big fat <laughs> pussy like oh my fucking god what yeah 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 it's like a swinging ad and then he writes uh personality matters what was the ad for fucking his, his wife yes he's cuck my wife he, it put, was like, an ad a, he put an ad out in like the newspaper oh it's not a video no it was like craigslist no it'd be awesome if it was a video and he was being that straightforward but <laughs> all right roger stone i, I really like this i really like this part the material that Granda showed Reuters includes screenshots from what Granda said was a FaceTime conversation he had with the Falwells in 2019. During that call, Granda said, Becky was naked as the two discussed their relationship while Jerry peeked from behind a door. Oh my god! <laughs> these fucking, these people can't have, like, normal sex. They have to, like... <laughs> so, 
Uh, Gronda leaked a two-minute phone call from 2018, which shows a conversation between hi- uh, Becky and himself, where Becky complains about his sexual encounters with other women. As Jerry Falwell Jr. listens on and makes polite, friendly comments, quote, you're going to make her jealous and laughing at the two's quips. yes yes i have a clip of this that i'm going to play right now it is fucking hysterical all right jonathan's very busy lately yeah yeah his new thing is like telling me every time he hooks up with people like like i don't have feelings or something you don't make a joke not trying to do that like a week ago i was in tears for a whole freaking day Come on. He's like, I hooked up with this girl on Tinder, and then I got her an Uber, and I'm like, completely depressed. Come on. You don't, you don't care Maybe about me Maybe the more anymore. you tell me, the more I'll get used. <laughs> you don't care about I, me anymore, Becky. Huh? You don't care about me anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah, really? <laughs> yeah, obviously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's why. I just, t- I just tell you because you're my best friend, right? So. I know. I'm trying to be okay and like accepting that position, but I'm kind of into. So yeah, it's okay. I'm 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 trying to. I've changed a lot. I've moved on. I've matured. Yep. Matured. Yes. I'm not as crazy as I used to be. I would think. I don't think. No. So you're yeah, not. this is just huh? No, you're you're perfect. You. If that's not Protestantism, I don't know what the fuck is. Just like (laughs) expecting your boy to be sexually non-deviant with anyone but you. Like that's what fucking Protestantism is. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The the whole conversation is just her like complaining about seeing him with other women. And Jerry Falwell Jr. is just listening like yuck, yuck, yuck. <laughs> oh, oh Giancarlo, God. you're a real class act. It is so act. goddamn funny. But yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much it for that. It's just it is just so goddamn funny. Yuck, yuck, yuck! Granda's gonna steal my wife's picnic basket. <laughs> <laughs> there were apparently rumors that he had resigned. Uh, you know, like past his uh, past the sort of leave of absence that he took as a result of the picture. People are saying that he resigned over this, and he said unequivocally no i am absolutely not, not and why should he i agree with you he should stay uh this fuck. isn't his first scandal certainly not think the first sex it, scandal think about it though he gets a huge payout he's already rich as shit he became head of this university after his dad like died so now he just yeah. doesn't have to do this thing anymore oh you oh, know what he this did is, resign this is no stain on him he did Fucking resign? yesterday, he did resign yesterday. after saying Holy that. Shit. Yeah, yeah. And they're Holy paying him ten point five million dollars for resigning. <laughs> that's why he didn't. That's it's that's like, why he resigned. It, he was like, "I'm not gonna. No, I'm not gonna resign. This is my job. I get paid from this. Okay, okay, I'll take the ten mil." Yeah, it's, exactly. It's kind of like the Dan Schneider thing with Nickelodeon because it's like <laughs> you're forced out for the optics of it almost, but it's like you don't lose at all. Because your name isn't any more smeared than it already is, and you get millions of dollars. So you just get to ride the Dan Schneider shit. Is it's like basically a conspiracy theory. Like people wouldn't believe you if you just told them about it. Absolutely. Like, I don't know. It's the Sears executives, man. What did the Sears executives do? They took home twenty-five million in Christmas bonuses, and then they fucking laid off. 
like 20% of their workforce or something. And oh, now, like, you know Sears what? is just, like, disappearing, right? I was gonna say, was that Sears or Toys R Us? But they they must have just both done it independently of each other. Because Toys R Us did any... that and laid off every single worker. I remember! Yeah, anytime a company's about to go under, they just pay themselves out whatever money is left and then can everyone. Exactly. Yep. I don't know if we want to get into this right now, but I just want to bring up, like, uh, the nature of when venture capital buys out, like any sort of business at all and they go below whatever their projected profits are they make their killing by paying themselves a fee to drive the company out of business it's literally just how frank makes his money in always sunny exactly it's the fucking episode where he returns to his real estate business and then by the end of the episode he's gutted the entire thing and sold it to a chinese sold it conglomerate to China. <laughs> yeah but what do we make we make money. Yeah, but what, what's our product? Money! <laughs> oh, boy. Whew. Man, perfect show. Perfect show. Anyway, that's all we have for this week, folks. Uh, we are at almost two hours. <laughs> God knows this is going to be cut to pieces. Who knows how long it is, but... uh. Hey, if you're on Twitter, you should follow Boomer Death Squad. We're at Boomer Death Pod. Yep. Uh, Thanks for listening. Expect us soon. I've been Joe. I am Danny. And I am Matt. Thank See you, you next done. week. See you next week, folks. Goodbye. Goodbye. See that girl barefoot in the ball, whistling and singing. She's a carrier, y'all. And laughing in her eyes, dancing in her feet. She's a neon light. education of a gullible nation shows the ruination of our country's creation you can say be patient but the bill of rights hastens to fall to pieces before our very eyes do everything you're told until you realize our rights got sold beware the 05 into any group goes to fbi's eyes intelligence about